Hey, so this is Intergenerational Trauma Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Fran Lebowitz, and I'm here with uh, the people who did the Holocaust. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, speaking of, speaking of, uh, picture this. There is a podcast contest, all right? Mm-hmm. And there are, there are several people running. We're actually in the running, true or not. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. When we had run before, a few years ago. But we but didn't win. We were kind of robbed of it. Really? really? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get it too into it. A lot of, a lot of hard feelings on Who it. Who won? But, uh, let's, a, uh, hmm. It's like a Nazi podcast. Uh, Joseph Goebbels Radio Hour. Okay. It's done by his grandson. <laughs> Who's also we, named Joseph. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we actually didn't even really get to go head to head with them. Long story, but there's a new contest, right? Okay, and it's us, the anti-pedophile podcast. We're in the running. Mm-hmm. True enough. Looking on. pretty good. Yeah, it's us. We're running against Serial, Serial, <laughs> which is a shitty podcast. They're who's pro murderer. We're running against them, and we have we have one of our little baby brother podcasts that's running too. Oh, People that's think nice. it's kind of like that. It's another podcast that says it's anti-pedophile. Oh, okay. It's, that we've gone on their podcast maybe once. They've come on here. Well, they haven't come on here, but you know, it's it's. There's been a little bit of back and forth there, and a lot of people start start to think we're the same thing. We're like, there's no difference between us. Or that, like, maybe we're in cahoots together. Exactly. But there is one difference between our podcast and their podcast. Well, one immediate difference to mm. people who don't really know podcasts. They're hosted by two women. Okay. But there's some kind of weird stuff. Like, first of all, our policies aren't exactly the same, right? Like, we're anti-pedophile. They sort of have this, people have this impression they're anti-pedophile, but they're not really anti-pedophile, are they? So, like, if you listen to them, mm-hmm. like, maybe they kind of walk back their anti-pedophile stance? Yeah, like, maybe the uh, pedophiles, like, we need, we, we just kind of got to even the pedophilic out. There's, like, too much pedophilia, but, like, it's, it's like, the actual core concepts of pedophilia are, are pretty good, right? Uh, like, so we could regulate pedophilia to be, like, okay. The conscious pedophile. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. And Compassionate pedophilia. The compassionate pedophilia, precisely. Okay. And 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 there's really only can be one winner of this contest, right? Mm. And we're doing pretty good, but but this 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 podcast has no chance. No, there's no chance of winning. No chance. And this podcast, by the way, because it doesn't have as many listeners. No, like the podcast is called Warn On. Oh, Warn On. Warn On. Okay. And and another weird thing about the two hosts of it is at one point they claim to be black. <laughs> And, yeah, they claimed to be black and said they had black heritage. But, but they don't. It turns out they don't. They're white. Okay. They look really white, too. That's kind of weird because Joseph Goebbels' Radio Hour had all these shows. They called them Michael Jordan, uh, all this stuff. Uh, and and now it's weird if we bring up the fact that these two white women Michael Jordan. pretended to be – is a black man. Okay. Uh, that these two women, these two white women pretended to be black. Mm. We, we're not allowed to talk about that now because a racist guy talked about that. Oh, because if we say anything, then they'll call it, they'll say, oh, horseshoe, you're the same as, as you Joseph Goebbels' hour. Exactly. And Got so it. now there is a real chance that this, this supposed anti-pedophile podcast, who's not really, is going to take down the only true anti-pedophile podcast uh, in our contest to win this, win this, uh, right? This because race. there's the other thing you said. Serial was in the mix, right? Yes, yes. And that's the loser, boring one. Mm-hmm. 
But and so you're saying that by the wishy-washy Warren on being in the in the contest, mm-hmm. that it's sabotaging our chances of being able to beat out cereal. Exactly. To go head to head with Joseph Gorbels. And all the podcast journalists out there in the podcast trade magazines, well, they don't really like us too much. Well, right? how come? Well, because, as I said before, we are against pedophiles. Mm. Anti-pedophilia. We're very adversarial. And it turns out that a lot of these journalists kind of like pedophilia. <laughs> in fact, they almost to a man work for pedophiles. Right. And when we say, like, hey, wait a minute, we're getting all this negative press from the anti from because we're anti-pedophile, could it be because you know the Washington Post is owned, for instance, is owned by a pedophile? Allegedly. Allegedly owned by a pedophile. And everyone's like, no, dude. Right. And if we were to get rid of pedophilia, then those journalists at the trade magazines wouldn't have jobs because they're paid by pedophiles. Even though we have a robust plan (laughs) for small pedophile journalism. Which uh, no one wants to talk about in the trade magazines. No one wants to talk about that in the trade magazines, no. So you but would you think that if you wrote for a trade magazine and you were in the midst of a huge pedophile-sponsored pedophile crackdown mm-hmm. of the trade podcast trade magazine industry, yep. you, maybe you'd be interested in a plan to save the industry. But no. No, no. because you... Coward. Too Lower than busy a dog. sucking the teat of the pedophile industry. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a literal physical teat. There <laughs> is a large one located in upstate New York. It's similar to the Wall Street bull. Exactly. It's actually about a city block wide, and it's made out of organic matter with a huge, <laughs> grotesque nipple that one pedophile journalist stands on one side of, another stands on the other side of. They squeeze using their shoulders, mm. kind of like a football-style like press. And then every other pedophile journalist on their on their it's kind of like the Hodge except except right. for pedophiles. Uh, they 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 go there once a year. They fill up large slop buckets of pedophile milk, and then the rest of the year they sit at their fucking desk in their fucking little New York fucking thirteenth floor or fourteenth floor. There are no thirteenth floor bullshit fucking offices, and they every fucking day they think about our podcast and they stick their fucking faces in that goddamn. Thing of milk and just slurp, slurp like little piggies. And you know that's how they get their blue check. Yep. Well, that was an extended metaphor. Yes. What we are talking about here is Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, and the little piggies that help her out. Well, let's first of all, let's welcome the barnyard animals to the show, baby. <laughs> Hello. This is your true on for the week. Mm-hmm. I'm Liz. Which we should preface that. You are the good Liz. Oh, yes. I'm the good Liz. Not the bad Liz. I, White Lodge Liz. Uh-huh. I am Gray Lodge Brace. I'm What's a little- Gray I'm a little bit good. I'm a little bit. I'm a black and white cookie. You're bi curious. Mm-hmm. Take a bite. Ew. Ew. <laughs> uh, and we are joined by producer Young Chomsky. I'm going to stop talking lodges or cookies because I don't want to harass you. Uh, <laughs> and we are true anon. 
ready to rock. Anti-pedophile. Anti- the only anti-pedophile. We're anti-pe. Uh, <laughs> we are. We, we are, should start that. I want to be clear here. We are talking about Elizabeth Warren. Let's get some pedophile stuff out of the way about Liz. Okay. Okay. Uh, alleged pedophile stuff. So if you can look up who donates to who on a little website called OpenSecrets.com, mm. little gossip website for the political class. Right. Uh, and it appears that one Alan Dershowitz, a co-worker of Elizabeth Warren's- And Jeffrey Epstein. And Jeffrey Epstein's, donated $250 to her campaign, not finding a similar donation to Bernie Sanders, even though they have the same policies. So I guess- I don't know what's going on. I guess here. Bernie wasn't let into the globalist conspiracy. No, no, kind of ironic. Uh, um, you know what's funny is that uh, I was going to suggest that we play a little game called Six Degrees of Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, but this is one degree. This is a single degree it's of, kind Jeffrey of a short-lived. Epstein. Gr- it's it's a shame that Elizabeth Warren is literally one degree away from Jeffrey Epstein. I, that's crazy, and in multiple directions, right? Because. Her other co-worker, who, to be fair, was not her favorite, Mm -hmm. Larry Summers. Yeah. Also, close personal friend of Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, and very, very close indeed. There's another man who donated quite a bit of money to Mm. Elizabeth Warren. His name is Harvey Weinstein. Oh, wait, really? Yes, he did. How much did he give? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but he gave. (laughs) <laughs> and gave and, and gave, gave that and sounds gave, so sick now that and could be because he mixed elizabeth warren up for Hillary clinton because he's sexist which means he can't tell women apart yes uh but not sure anyways he is now it appears disabled you know you know, <laughs> you know what's funny about that is uh and i'll just say this really quickly you know how liz warren uh is like She's like, oh, we're running, uh, or she doesn't really say it anymore, which we, I guess we can get into. Mm-hmm. But she like started off her whole campaign being like, we're not taking super PAC money. We're, you know, we're by the little people, blah, blah, blah. Doing the whole Bernie Sanders thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fake Bernie. We so, need a good term for that. Are we on lie number one? We're starting the lie list already, it seems like. We're on lie number one here. Oh, okay. Because that is a lie. It is a lie. Not what Liz said, what the bad Liz said. Black Lodge Liz. Black Lodge Liz said that she was taking no super PAC money and taking no big money. Yeah, and technically, okay, she's got like a weird little workaround from this Mm -hmm. because what she did was, well, first of all, she said she would for the general. Yeah. Right? And and Bernie said, of course, he would not. Absolutely not. Because he wants to get money out of politics Mm -hmm. and we literally cannot do anything if we do not get corporate money out of politics and and people like it when you put your money where your mouth is mm. right which bernie sanders is doing elizabeth warren well she's putting other people's money in her mouth eating it up like a little fucking anteater. <laughs> that's an anteater noise <laughs> yeah also she said that she would do it in the general because she's like we gotta do everything we can to win like some little fucking yeehaw yeehaw yeah yeah yeehaw huh yeehaw fucking farmhand mm-hmm. uh and but what she did was this very tricky clever is she had like a pretty big war chest from her uh senate campaign yeah left over like i and i can't actually i don't have I think it in it's front 10 of me mil. 10 mil sounds about right so what she did was she rolled that straight on in to whatever it is liz warren for president uh-huh 
Cucks for Warren. Yeah. Well, that's LLC. a pack. That's a, that's a pat independent operation. <laughs> I mean, whatever she calls it. Mm-hmm. So she just rolled it on through. So actually her campaign is funded because all that Senate money was all bundled and took billionaire donations. So that's like being like, uh, when I go out tonight, dude, I'm not doing any fucking blow. But then you're at fucking Tommy's house, who's your neighbor, before you go out with Tommy, and you do a fucking fat rail before you go out of really good yeah, and shit you're like, oh. that lasts fish scale stuff, lasts for a few hours. Fish scale? Fish scale. I thought you had lived in New York before. You don't know what fish scale is? <laughs> no, what is that? Fish scale is very good cocaine. Oh, okay. I've never, I've literally never done it. I don't, I've, I've never even heard that cocaine. term. Uh, and I've never done cocaine. I know everyone thinks podcast hosts do cocaine. No, I am sober. And Liz is unfortunately unable to do it because <laughs> she's under house arrest. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's bullshitting because you're already on cocaine. You just did cocaine before you actually technically literally went out. Exactly. You did it at home. Yeah. You're just fucking, what do they call it? Like, uh. Fucking bullshitter. Okay. It's like, uh, what happened? Pre-gaming. Pre-gaming, She was pre-gaming money. God, what? I'm like, what am I? An old, I'm an old lady now, I guess. Apparently. What are you, Elizabeth Warren? Yes. Uh, I'm just kidding. She's young. She's, uh, how old is she? 70? Uh, no, I think she's like 85. No. 90? It's, it's, it's rude to guess a woman's age. So I'm That's just going to assume she's like somewhere between the realm of 18 to 150 years old. <laughs> to be fair. Are you familiar with what a lich is? Excuse me? A lich? No. Lich king, maybe? A lich is like an undead wizard. <laughs> uh, and she, I get lich vibes from her. Lich Warren? Lich Warren. There we go. So, all right, we got lie number one out of the way. Yeah, she's lying about the money. She's lying. Also, uh, the the firm, BSD, not to be confused with BDS. Big BSD? Yeah. What's it stand for? Big sucking dick? Uh, no, it stands for Blue State Digital. Blue uh, State Digital. Yeah, it's like a massive consulting firm. Is political blue, consulting what's firm. What's a blue state? Is a blue state like a state that sucks shit? Because <laughs> I know what red states are. Red states are the racist ones. And so blue states have to be the ones that just absolutely fucking Blue states are ass. racist, but they're just rich. Yeah. So both are rich. Yeah. Are neither are rich. I don't like either blue or red states. I'm a territory man, full stop. You're purple, third way. Purple. Uh-huh. I'm Puerto Rico. I'm U.S. Virgin Islands. I'm all those fucking weird colonies they have in the Pacific. That's me. That's okay. my people. No, so... um. She's been retaining Blue State Digital, uh-huh. which is a massive uh, political consulting firm who also consults, by the way, for the uh, DNC, Joe Biden, and Amy Klobuchar. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, she spent like, I think her campaign has spent like at least a million now on consulting. Consulting is Wondering big- if perhaps those are the people that came up with her little, you know... Twist the knife yes. of Bernie Sanders. So as I'm sure all of our listeners know, she fucking betrayed our boy. I want, I, you know what? I'm not going to say she betrayed him because but if you, she was never on his side. It's a good question. Someone should ask her. If you're retaining her, a chief strategist who works for the same consulting firm as that, that has Joe Biden mm-hmm. on its client list, its current and active client list, yeah. would that interfere with you going after Joe Biden? Well, it seems like her strategy, I mean, it just seems insane to me. Would your chief strategist perhaps advise you to not go after one of their firm's clients? So here's the thing. 
is is in campaigns and stuff like this, every fucking move, every fucking statement, every little piece of bullshit like like for instance saying three weeks before the Iowa primary that someone said something really egregiously sexist to you in private. Two years ago. Two years ago. All of that stuff is so thought out and meticulously planned and like prepared and workshopped for. and fucking like, tested. Not, here's the thing: I've seen some people fall for this. Be like, "Oh my god!" Like it must have just it happened either. They're without buying her the Yokel Dokel Act. They they are they are they are, they somehow think that the people running for the job, like for the fucking Führer of America. America, like, uh, exactly. The people literally. This is like running for fucking to be the Caesar, right? Yes. Like they are running to run, the, running to the empire. They think that these fucking people are just bumbling through everything. Joe Biden is technically kind of bumbling, but it doesn't matter because right. they figured out all the rest of this stuff. This was planned meticulously, a precision strike. So I am of the fact that, or of the mind that uh, her campaign is run by. Dumbos? Yeah. But that being said. Well, you're dumb if you work for Elizabeth Warren. Oh, well, sure. To begin with. Also, okay, wait. Side side note. Uh Uh-huh. That was a breaks. How fucking dorky is Uh it that her entire campaign has matching social media avatars? Pathetic. Here's what I like about the Sanders one. color? Ugh. What? It is the most. You know how all coffee shops started to look what a certain are you, way. Selling a fucking mattress on the internet. You know how all coffee shops started to look a certain way like three years ago. Yeah, she, these people have the same vibe as that. She's I don't know the what hymns of presidential candidates. What's a hymn? Oh, the pill. You know that was fucking ass. She's the hymns, the Casper. Like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fucking yeah. internet suitcase that every dumbass has. Dollar Shave Club. Yes. Yeah, she really fucking is. She's the podcast ad. Of presidential candidates. Uh, here is ah, fuck. I feel like I shouldn't say this, but I can't. I can't tell you what to say without me saying it into the mic. Say it. So I'm doing this, and I am Liz for this. Liz, good Liz. The promo code oh. for Elizabeth Warren is dumb, dumb bitch <laughs> one. No, she won't win. No, I mean one like the number. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that one time? Or I don't know if I said this on the podcast or if I just told you. What? But like. When I first moved back up here, uh-huh. I legit almost got hit by a Prius whose license plate said HRC1. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Wait, won the number? Yeah. Oh, my God. But, it was I like mean, poetic injustice. That would rock. I got to track them down and get you to <laughs> run me over with a car, Liz. Uh, so, so Clinton's, Clinton's, excuse me, Warren's bullshit. <laughs> Where she's saying, like, all of a sudden she's saying that, like, she, you know, that, like, blitzkrieg, and I say blitzkrieg because Mm. these people are fucking Nazis, the blitzkrieg that she did against the first Jewish presidential candidate besides the other one I just mentioned. Mm. I don't know. Is Lieberman Jewish? I didn't pay attention to that whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. He could just be He was vice. He was vice. Don't count. Well, it's still president. No, he was vice presidential candidate. Yeah, he's just not as much the president. That is not how the vice president works. I'm sorry. What's the other word beside vice in that? Okay. Can we just move it on? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It, it, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. And if you fall for it, well, you have you have 36 hours to, 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 to just never mention it again. Well, the thing that's really, you know, so, okay. As our listeners know, I think, we flipped our shit out last week. I, I, we went buck. I... 
I'm sorry. Yeah. I lost it. Mm-hmm. I was screaming. I had a nut full of hatred and I busted loose. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, Liz, you went, you went ham. Yeah. I have since calmed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that the media has not. The lion news media? Yes. The fake news lion media is still peddling these stories mm-hmm. day after day after day. Tossing coins in the fountain of lies. So we've got like a bunch of stories. You've got uh, New York Times, Intercept, blah, 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 whocare.com and mm-hmm. otherwhocare.com. And all of them are saying all these stories about, well, actually, uh, it came from Warren's people, but no, actually, this is what happened. She had the conversation and then went to a quote-unquote off-the-record journalist brunch or whatever, which, by the way, don't have fucking brunch with journalists. Well, here's the thing, and here's the thing I know about politics, is, Mm. is Jen taught me this. Is nothing, if you say to a journalist that something is off the record, there is a guarantee that they will write about it. No, like, of course. All, all, all politicians know that there is no such thing as off the record, and that when you say something is off the record, what you're actually signaling is that they should really pay attention to it. That is like a clap, like everybody, why is politics 101? This isn't just some bullshit I'm telling you. Like that is what Elizabeth Warren knows. Everybody from your fucking city councilman to the garbage collector knows this. Yeah. No such thing as off the record. Well, and also, basically what you're doing is, you're, you're if you're saying it to a room of like four or five, six, I don't know, ten journalists, whatever the fuck this thing was. They're journalists. You're incentivizing them all to, basically, they're all thinking, fuck, are they going to write the story before me? Mm-hmm. Am I going to write the story for them? It's like, it's like now they're all at war with each other to see who's going to actually drop the story first. Precisely. So they knew what they were doing. And also, this is what I hate. Because now everyone is focusing on the story of like either, oh, we just need unity, which I'll get to that fucking bullshit in Uh a second. Or, well, we can't really know. He said, she said, I'm a fucking dumbass, so I'm just going to sit here and believe anything. Or, Uh oh, they're doing those two little dances, but they're not fucking asking the question, which is, wait a second, so you're telling me that Elizabeth Warren had a private conversation with her quote unquote friend of years, and then she said... Well, guess I'll go tell a room full of journalists about it. Yeah. That's yeah. shady. You know who doesn't do those kind of off-the-record brunch bullshits? Bernie Sanders. Never. Never. Famously hates the Lion News media, as you should. Because they fucking despise him. Of course. And what it, media And they get mad him. at him because they hate them. He, they, they hate him. And because he won't be obsequious and grovel before them. They think that he's got some problem with the free press. He's just like Donald Trump. Well, guess what? Part of the reason that people like Donald Trump is because he openly hates you. Yeah, guess what? No one likes you. Like, you're not our friend. Just because Donald Trump doesn't like you, that doesn't make you like... You're not like it. They they, they think, for some reason, media people, they think that... Which does not include us, by the way. Yeah, does not... Or our friends in the media. (laughs) It's also... You guys are cool. Uh, Because you're traitors. (laughs) But the people, like all these media people, for some reason, A, they treat liking Elizabeth Warren. It's like they have to do it like 
clandestinely because it, it's like they're being beaten by their husbands of Bernie or whatever. Like they treat it like they're being domestically abused or something by Bernie. They wah, use the wah. same language. No, they use the same language of abuse, which is just so fucking insane. And like it's a gaslighting, all this stuff is not. You are a fucking journalist. No, actually, you're not anymore because here's the state of journalism. You can just report. Uh, unnamed sources constantly yeah you can just say oh sorry none of the we we don't have to verify any of these sources we don't have to name any of these sources we're gonna grant anonymity to people gossiping about a fucking brunch two years ago and this is journalism hey newsflash journalists your profession is garbage remember when you guys were like hey there's a wmds in iraq this is WMDs yeah, at brunch. Like, we don't trust you with your off-the-record fucking sources anymore. No. Because you fucking told us that from off-the-record sources that there was fucking WMDs in goddamn Iraq. Hey, guess what? You know who's responsible for fake news? The news. Yeah. First of all, fake news was a Democrat term. Of course, because they come up with all these things and then the fucking professor doctor is more. like, oh, good idea. Shroop, let me throw it back at you. And they're like, oh, oh no. Fuck, we do the same thing as the people that we're accusing the crime of. So what we're going to do today is we are going to do, we are not, like Liz said, we are not the news media. We are unlicensed private investigators. We are anti-pedophile podcasts. Yeah, and we are really bringing it back to our core here. Because check this out. Who's the pedophile in chief, Liz? That's Donald J. Trump. Mm. And who is the only man who can be the first non-pedophile president? Bernard Sanders. Bernard Sanders, exactly. And so we are. We know that you're all fucking accused. You out there in damn abcnews.com land are going to accuse him of blood libel in a couple days. Whatever you want to do next. Well, the the hardworking volunteer sheriffs at Truanon are here to set the record straight. <laughs> So let's talk about Liz Warren for a second. So, okay, we talked about her first lie, mm-hmm. which is that she's just podunk yokel working with the people. Yeah. Not true. Mm-hmm. Billionaires, donate to her campaign. Yeah. No problem. She'll take bundled money. Mm-hmm. She won't... Uh, She'll use it in the general. She Absolutely. used it. It's funding her campaign, even though she says it's not. Yeah. She's lying. Mm-hmm. No one, again, by the way, because uh, this whole thing also, journalists, you've never asked her about this. You don't hold her feet to the fire about this. Yeah. None of these lies are you holding her accountable for. You just want us all. It's the same fucking thing. And I'm going to get in trouble with a lot of people, but I don't care. Call me sexist. Guess what? I'm a woman. Doesn't stick. It's internalized misogyny. Whatever. Just like fucking Hillary, where in the primary, there were many of us who are smarter than the people in charge who said, huh, you know, not only do I hate crooked Hillary because, you know, X, Y, Z, which we don't need to get into. That's going to take too long. But... We said, huh, these are all insane electoral liabilities. One, perhaps we shouldn't nominate uh, a woman who is under federal investigation. Yeah. Or nominate a woman whose husband did NAFTA. Or nominate a woman who is responsible for the Iraq war. 
or nominate a woman who's literally actually under her purview was the butchery of of Libya and the killing of the leader of that country, Muammar Gaddafi. Yes, or who is one of the most unpopular figures in recent American history. Everybody hates her. Yeah. And so perhaps, so you think we're we're rolling into that 2.0? Well, what I'm saying is, is that there were, um, how do you put it? A billion, gajillion, gabillion red flags about Hillary Clinton's presidency. And what's funny is, if you were paying attention during the 2008 primary Mm -hmm. with one uh, Mr. Barack Hussein Obama, Mm -hmm. he ran basically the same campaign against Hillary that Trump did. Yeah. He ran against NAFTA. He ran against the Iraq Iraq war. War, He ran against, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right? It's the same playbook. And a lot of people pointed that out. Now, I have, and many others have, Mm -hmm. pointed out that Elizabeth Warren has very serious electoral liabilities. Yes. One of those is that she's a fucking liar. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's lied. And not in a good way. Like, here's the thing. Donald Trump is a liar, but people don't care that he's a liar. Like, it's fine. That he, like, I'm just saying for his own campaign it's a different. Stuff, it's a different. it doesn't matter. It does, it's like, it's, it's, sorry, that's just the facts. Like, well, the reason it doesn't matter is because, this is my, this is my suspicion, is that, um, and this is particularly true during the 2016 election, was that Donald Trump breaks the kayfabe, right? He knows that politics is a fucking reality show. It's a joke. It's a joke. But what he does is he lets you in on the secret. So you know that that he's lying. But you also know that he knows that you know that he's lying. Exactly. And in that way, there's like a bit of respect. It's like, yeah, he's a crook, but he's my crook. Exactly. And Hillary and Obama as well refuse to break the kayfabe. No, like they, they, they are firmly... And liberals, you know, of course, they're too high-minded and snooty tooty. Yeah. That they think that the kayfabe is real. How, like, how is it? Think about it this way. Donald Trump, a man with gold toilets, a man whose name adorns, like... Buildings, high rises, all this shit. Hotel. He's a fucking landlord and developer. How is it that he was able to position himself as the man of the people? Because he was running against Hillary Clinton, right. who is so obvious. She has all the same shit, even less garish than him. She's not as rich as him, but she's still rich, and she has that. Like they have that remove from the people, where they're not like they won't. They won't get down on your level or whatever. Like people think Trump will. And there's yeah. no way that, you, that that will win. And that will win against every single person except for Bernie Sanders. Well, yeah. I mean, look, look we're not here to rehash the 2016 election. There's a lot to say there. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get into Trump because, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why he won. But I will say that it's annoying that when myself and others, including the hilarious Slavoj Žižek, uh-huh. have compared Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton, immediately all you get are accusations of sexism, accusations yeah. of misogyny. And no, there are very real comparisons between the two. Yeah, well, so you were saying before, you were telling me that, that, that you think that Elizabeth Warren is in fact closer 
to Hillary Clinton than she is to Bernie Sanders. Absolutely. Without Lay it question. on me, sister. Spill, boil up that Lipton and spill it on my crotch. Well, we don't need to, you know, I want to get into this, the history of lying. But I will okay. say, but I will say this just briefly, is that when you look through, when you actually examine look, and look through and do, and do the reading, uh-huh. sorry guys, got to do the reading, um, looking into Elizabeth Warren's political history and her professional history. Yeah. What you find is someone who is fully ensconced in what you would call like neoliberal ideology. And mm-hmm. everyone's going to roll their eyes and they're going to say, oh, you're just saying that and oh, you're just being flippant or whatever. Yeah. I'm not a person who like points at random things that are happening and just goes, that's so neoliberal. I don't do that. Although You called my denim shirt neoliberal. No, I did She did not. No, she said it was very handsome. I did, actually. Yeah, you, I like your outfit today. As did our producer. But um, three out of three in the room. Go on. No, um, but I do think that, you know, when you look through her work, you know, she has kind of put this spin on it mm-hmm. post-Senate run yeah that she was always like out in the scrabble working for the the small guy against the big corporations and she saw bankruptcy law as a way to do that no 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 no. bankruptcy law as it was uh being built particularly when she was you know ensconced in the halls of big law Mm -hmm. was a way a tool to basically expand shareholder Right. I hate those guys. Yeah. And even the concept of the shareholder as a kind of um, political and economic entity of itself emerges from this logic, right? And is like essential to what we're talking about. But uh, basically, you know, expanding the ability for corporations and shareholders to shield themselves from profit loss against. Class action suits. And, you know, we've we've talked about this in the podcast earlier, so yeah. I don't even want to get into the details and stuff. You can look through it. But, I mean, ideologically, you know, she once argued that basically bankruptcy law took precedent over administrative or regulatory oversight. Mm-hmm. Right? Which means that it's like a – she literally would be then to the right of – what we would call the Democrats in the early 90s. Like, it's complete... She's like, from her ideological position... Yeah. And maybe she's, you know, whatever, she's changed. I don't know. I don't think so, personally. We can talk about what that even means. But uh, she is an absolute corporate maximalist. 100%. And, And what she thinks is... And this is... And again, when I say neoliberal, this is a neoliberal viewpoint, is that law is required to codify a perfect market scenario mm-hmm. where we can reach exact like free equilibrium so that markets can perform their function as they should throughout society. Well, the other thing is too, especially which, which so she so she differentiates herself differentiates herself from Mr. Bernard Sanders by calling herself not a democratic socialist, which of course she's not. But she believes in something called accountable capitalism, and she put forth the Accountable Capitalism Act. And part of that act was giving, uh, was 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 putting workers on the boards of large corporations. Oh, now God. there are many ways to do that, People- but hers, you know, like 
divorced from an incredible strengthening of the trade union movement, which of course Warren's not going to do. Uh, that doesn't mean shit. That that's just trying to bring us on board with the pigs and bosses that run our fucking lives. And that's not going to happen. That's not, that's not, there is a lot, there is workers and people who own the places where those workers work have, have, there is a contradiction between their interests. They are opposing interests. Well, the thing is, you cannot mediate that conflict. Yeah. The thing that's interesting is one, uh, she and her, uh, like blue check, uh, cheerleaders, little Eichmanns have, uh, pointed to basically the German model mm-hmm. as um, a kind of like labor uh, example yeah. of these like corporate corporate boards, shareholders, whatever. Um, those have been insufficient, correct? Yeah, I mean, for example, the Volkswagen uh, union busting at their at their latest so plant in Tennessee mm. tried to unionize with the UAW, who have their own problems, United Auto Workers. Uh, when they tried to do that, the uh, the the boys on the board at Volkswagen Germany, the workers on the board there, tried to help them out and were totally unable to. Right. Because the thing is, there is a, there is an there is no resolution to that conflict besides one side winning or the other side winning. So there is no you cannot balance those interests. Right. And I guess the, this speaks to what we will see as we're going through this through the rest of the episode. Uh, the ideological break between Sanders and Warren. Yeah. And this is what I mean when I say she is closer to Hillary Clinton or Obama. By the way, all three of those very close together ideologically, Mm -hmm. despite their differences. Troika. Then Bernard Sanders. And the reason is, is that she, like those others, takes uh, her her model of change is top-down regulatory and technocratic. She's essentially a Christian Democrat. <laughs> like speaking of German, when she's talking about the German model, she's like, I want to be Merkel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, actually like, literally. Yes. But because what she's saying is, and this is totally different. She's saying, okay, what we'll do then is just top down, put workers on the board and then they have power because in name only they have power. And because the- they're now in the market. Exactly. Exactly. They join their bosses in the market. Not really, of course, but you know, in a in a in a small sense. Right. But this totally sidesteps the fact, as you brought up, that the workers, even if they sit on those boards in those seats, have absolutely no power. No. Because you haven't strengthened bottom up collective uh, bargaining power to the point where it could even have leverage. That's the thing. When Bernie Sanders came to, to yeah. my union and spoke to us and interviewed us, he said many times, very explicitly, when I win the presidency, I need you and like literally the people in that room, you and your workers to come with me and to fight for things like Medicare for all. Like literally go to the Midwest, go to the South, go to the East Coast and show them like what 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 worker power, because they're very good health plans in my union. Uh, what worker power can get you. Yeah. Right? Elizabeth Warren, oh, you know, well, I'll get this through this, this is, way. It's, it's representation without political power. Exactly. Without understanding how power functions. Now, so, so what it is is nothing for you. It is nothing. And by the way, this is an age-old ideological break between liberal democracy and socialism. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, go read the Critique of the Gotha Program, which was written 200 fucking years ago. 
Yeah, exactly. And so you, what, what this is, is I think there's, and this is getting a little off track, but I just want to say this. Oh, we're going to ramble all this night, is baby. The, this is the thing. This is the problem I think a lot of people don't understand, is that they think that socialism, or they think that the workers' politics are just... Uh, they're on the same spectrum as liberalism. Like politics is a straight line, right? We and can move left. We just the, if we li- that socialism is just to the left of liberalism. Exactly. Like on one end of it is there's the Nazis and the Italians and the current <laughs> German government on the far right end, and then you get to the center right, and then the center, and then liberalism, and then finally furthest down here is leftism a nebulous concept that no one can describe or socialism Hmm. and that we're actually just more liberal than the liberals and you know what that is that's the cuck mindset well we are on a different spectrum entirely we do not believe in liberal democracy liberal democracy nancy pelosi all these people i'm not even talking about nancy Pelosi. all of it the whole rotten system is our enemy Yeah, I mean, this idea that you couldn't just... Look, I've talked about this a lot. Maybe not on the podcast, maybe only privately. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Who can keep track anymore? Yeah. I think there's a recorder with me all times. I Uh, actually do bug her. (laughs) No, you cannot move liberal institutions, quote unquote, left. That's not how it works. So what liberals insist, like you said, is that there is a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And on the spectrum, you can just map. Some things are to the right, some things are to the left. And we want to be the most left, right? Yeah. Incorrect. Incorrect. No. The actual spectrum is uh, from the bottom up. Yeah. So it is not horizontal it is vertical, exactly. meaning we have to empower those at the bottom to empower themselves to then have power, wield it as as they see fit, right? Yes. And to destroy, to be clear, that whole system to begin with. Well, but my point is, is that, you know, basically what I'm getting at is all of these people who insist that we're winning, we're winning, we're moving left, fundamentally, one, are not doing any kind of actual material analysis. They do not actually take seriously the task at hand or the institutional issues that well, are in their, in their fucking way. They don't understand that our enemies are our enemies, not just merely like our temporary misplaced friends. Yes, yes. The Democratic Party and these liberal institutions are not your problematic friends that you need to quote-unquote push left. That is literally impossible. Like you said, this yeah. is an irreconcilable antagonism. You cannot push. Like when people were like, Bernie Sanders is pushing Hillary Clinton left. That is a that is a framework that is absurd. And that's why you hear absurd careerists always pushing it. Because to them, socialism just means a slightly higher wage at Vox. <laughs> That's what it means to it them. It means two blue checks. Yeah, exactly. No, it means, no, it means everyone, everyone gets a blue check. Everyone gets a check. blue check, but I get two. Because <laughs> I'm a journalist. No, but um, it also, and this is the key for me, and mm-hmm. this is what Bernie gets. Yeah. That literally all of these cuck ass, blue ass, check. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers can't because they're so deeply, deeply ensconced and incentivized by liberal ideology. Yeah. That this is not even a coherent conception of power. No, it's not at all. And it doesn't, one, it doesn't fundamentally take power seriously. It is not interested in power. 
It's not interested in gaining power, and it's not interested in wielding power. No, uh, what these people all the, the you know what they really should try to understand. They never they won't shouldn't try to understand. But you know what someone needs to tie them up and explain to them hmm. about the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. <laughs> Will you explain this? Bruce? Let me explain that to you. A dictatorship in the Marxist sense just means the overall hegemonic force, right? Right, right. It right. doesn't mean a literal one person dictatorship, which a lot of people don't seem to understand, even if they claim to. So when like you say dictatorship of the bourgeoisie, dictator, dictatorship of the proletariat, I'm not talking about one bourgeoisie guy. I'm not talking about one proletarian. You're talking about as a class, it rules, right? So the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie, which is what we live in right now, that is what a capitalist government is. It is the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. What we are in is we are in a society. We are in a political system. We are in an economic system that, 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 that gives birth to the political and all the social system, everything else the economic system, that means that we are in a society that is governed, whether you like it or not, whether you pretend it's otherwise or can be otherwise or not, by a class, the class of rich people. Yeah. And what we want is is, is to abolish that and, and, and make a society where only working people can run and rich people can't even vote and stuff. And the way to do that is not to pressure the rich people to be nicer. Yeah. Isn't it not to, oh, please, please, Mr. Uh, Mr. Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Oh, please, Mr. Apple. Remember when Trump called him Mr. Apple? It's Mr. Tim Apple. Remember he called the guy Mr. Curd? <laughs> Mr. Curd was good. But, oh, please, Mr. Tim Apple, uh, will you please be, I don't know, could you just guys be, like, a little nicer uh-huh. to me? And maybe don't, like, maybe... Uh, you guys could maybe not open a bank because we think that would be kind of rude. Like yeah, maybe you could just yeah. control yourselves a little better, but also maybe you can respect all of our identities a little bit more and yeah. just be a little bit nicer. And maybe we'll have some women, Tim Apple soon mm-hmm. and all that would be great. Can we please just do that? And that's Tim not Apple. doing anything. No. No. And guess what? They'll do all that shit and the, your life will still suck. That's the thing is they'll fucking trick you and hoodwink you. And you know what the craziest thing is out of 2016? Again, I'm getting way off topic here. But the craziest thing that still bothers me is that they told you that socialism was racist. They told you that because mm. Bernie Sanders won't oh, well, solve new, yeah. racism that that this whole thing is 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 useless. You know what can't solve racism? The system that evolved out of chattel slavery. <laughs> that can't solve racism. Well, here's the, yeah, that, so, okay. Yeah, we're way off topic, but who care? Hashtag, I don't give a fuck. Care? I drank half this peach tea. I'm going buck wild. <laughs> I know. I had a Coca-Cola. I know, yeah, it's, it's the classic drink. Okay, so little bitch baby paper. Mm-hmm. Failing New York Times. New York crimes, I call it. They are, I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bet. Endorse. Elizabeth Warren. I will bet any listener $50 that they'll endorse Elizabeth <laughs> Warren. That means if you disagree with me as I'm saying this, and it comes out to be true, by the way, this is Saturday afternoon that I'm saying this, uh, every listener that hears this and disagrees with me, you have to send me $50. <laughs> so we're going to get a failing New York Times endorsement for Lion Liz, Record Warren. Uh-huh. So it comes out. This weekend, Bernard Sanders, you know, they all had to, like, go grovel in front of the failing New York Times mm-hmm. for their, oh, please, oh, please, Mr. Paper, make a half a thumbs up. Yeah. By the way, the guy who's CEO of the New York Times, didn't he cover up the Jimmy Savile child rape scandal in the uh, the, the, the UK? Uh, that's correct. Okay. So they're cool. Yeah. So you're, look, you're like, you know, sucking the dicks of a pedophile uh, 
you know. They're in cahoots with the files. <laughs> um, okay. So then the clip comes out with Bernard Sanders. You know, they're grilling him. They go, oh, why, why did people, Mr. Mr. Senator, Senator mm-hmm. Sanders, why did people vote for Trump? What do you yeah. do about racism? And I got to say, I watched that clip. Mm-hmm. As did I. And I thought Sanders' answer was excellent. He's basically saying that that it that sometimes people can be can be persuaded to vote for a racist because their lives are shitty and this racist person seems to give them the answer by pointing the finger at somebody else and he used the he used the uh, analogy of, of of Weimar Germany Germany in the 30s. Yeah, he basically said Trump's a demagogue. Yeah. And this is the technology classic of, technology the demagogue. Yeah, of demagoguery, right? Then you've got okay, all these Richie Rich blue checks mm-hmm. spinning this clip around saying, mm-hmm. oh, uh, economic anxiety, LOL, ha, yeah. ha, ha. Clearly either just not listening to what he's saying or actually listening to it, but not actually listening to it and just saying whatever they want to say because, you know, sexism isn't sticking. So now we got to move to the racist. And here's the thing. Who do you think, with a blind guess, who do you think has said more racist things? The New York Times or Bernie Sanders? <laughs> I mean, obviously it's the New York Times. Yeah, uh, clearly the New York Times. Now, question. Those shifty Arabs have fucking weapons of mass destruction out there. And, right. And, uh, yeah. It's- but it was really disappointing to see what was a very, I thought, thoughtful and well-spoken and quite empathetic and respectful of people answer because here's the other thing what does the times want him to say exactly exactly sorry no go on oh (laughs) cut me saying sorry there no i liked it uh you liked me oh uh (laughs) (laughs) so here's here's the thing is they want him to say because if the answer isn't the answer that Bernie Sanders given, which is that people are not deep down at their core uh, racist, that that they that they that people that people can be misled by other people, that the other the alternative to that, the one that the New York Times, the Atlantic, all these motherfuckers want him to say, is that people are inherently racist. They are inherently tribalistic. That it is a an immutable fact of humanity that we are bound by destiny and genetic fate to be racist against each other. That yeah. is the alternative. That is what they want him to say. Quote: uh, to, If you want to scratch a quote unquote left liberal, scratch a progressive, and you find a vulgar Hobbesian. Exactly. Yeah, you you will you will. You, it's like you, they all turn into Jordan Peterson at the side of Bernie it is, Sanders. It is disgusting. It's actually really offensive too, because when you break down that logic, mm-hmm. what you're saying then, and this was also Hillary's fucking deplorable shit. Yeah, it's like okay, so fifty plus fifty percent plus one, whatever it is, of the country, you just want to eradicate. Mm-hmm. Because what's the solution if they're all? In, if they're all impossibly racist, then we should just kill them all. Yeah, absolutely. Because being racist is bad. We're not disagreeing with that. But here's the thing, is I don't think that everybody in this country is fucking racist. I think this country, the country, the government of this country is, of course, racist. Because the government of this country came out of fucking chattel slavery government. Yeah. 
And that you know who you know who supports the fucking government of this country? The goddamn failing New York Times. They well, are part of these institutions. When we talk about the state, I'm not just talking about the man in City Hall there. I'm talking about all the institutions of the state, including these fucking mass media outlets who lie to you, who fucking make you think that everyone's out to get you. It's bullshit. Well, also, and here's this is the sad truth. Even racists deserve health care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't believe that, then you're not actually the leftist you think you are. Yeah. You don't have to give them political power. Of course not. That's not the point. And, yeah, exactly. Universal. Is like, you have to bring. You have to do that in order to build a ex- larger class. Power. Exactly, because the only arguments I ever see against it is like, well, it'll empower them or something. It's like, well, no, no. The the, the most racist institution in America is like the government of the USA. These people are fucking the people that they're talking about, like poor whites or whatever, who can't afford health care, they're not the ones in power, right? Like, the people in power, the race, like, Eric fucking Garcetti, fucking Rahm Emanuel. Yeah. All these motherfuckers are in power. They're fucking racist, too. They just don't say the N-word to your fucking face. Like, ugh. Scumbags. Yeah. Anyways, Bernie Sanders was right. <laughs> So, speaking of racists. Yeah. So, I've said this before. I think I've said this multiple times right now. But imagine if Bernie Sanders had claimed up until the year 2013 that he was Korean. <laughs> that he, that he, that his family was Korean, that he is Korean culture, that, that, that he, in fact, he wrote a Korean cookbook. He's like, this is the best way to make fried chicken. Um, by the way, Korean fried chicken is very good. I want to be clear about that. It is very good. Bernie Sanders, expert cook in it. And then imagine if they found out he'd actually crib those recipes <laughs> from the New York Times. <laughs> well, imagine no longer. Bernie Sanders is Korean. No. No. <laughs> I am here to talk to you about something that has been uh, not brought up as maybe as much as it should. Okay. So remember at the top of the episode, we were like, we're going to talk about how she's a liar. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't talked a lot about that because we got off track. We got a little crazy. We wrote a bunch of notes and then mostly just yelled. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know what? That's why you listen to Toronto. Exactly. So part of the fact that Lion Liz Wrecker Warren is a Lion Liz Wrecker Warren is because she literally pretended to be another race for her entire career. So here's the thing. There's a lot of Americans, and this used to be kind of more popular, but it's still a really big trend. Not not obviously in San Francisco exactly, but in certain parts of the country, I think a lot of where there is kind of like a lot of Native people or maybe there were a lot of Native people. I mean, that's a lot of the country. Um, but there's a lot of white Americans usually, also some black Americans, but this is a big thing in the Midwest. Uh, that claim to have a Cherokee princess in their background. Excuse me? A you never heard about this? No. Yeah, Cherokee princess. It's like a big trope. At one point... We need a Disney princess who's Cherokee princess. <laughs> I mean, so in 2,729,533 Americans self-identified as Cherokee. Uh, in 2010, 819,000 Americans did. And a lot of this is not actual Cherokee reporting this. This is white people who have been told or maybe believe or are just lying 
that they have Cherokee blood. And why people pick Cherokee, I don't know. But Cherokee is by far the most common one. When, when, when people say that they're Native American with zero proof or like without actual membership of a tribe or coming from it culturally, 70% of the time they're claiming to be Cherokee. Just don't because of why. name recognition. That must be it, Jeep, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's because of the Jeep. Uh, well, anyways, Elizabeth Warren is no fucking different. <laughs> so, as you said before, she's from Oklahoma, right? Yes, Oklahoma. Yeah, and 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 she claims that that a long time ago. Let's give a little history here. A long time ago, her family intermarried with some Native Americans, and that that she is sort of the the current result of that. Right. Mm. So, by the way, this report I'm I indebted from a lot of my research. Uh, a woman named Twila Barnes, who was a Native American genealogist, mm. uh, she really went ham on this, and uh, and this and a bunch of other sources I kind of cross tabbed, and this is what I got. So Elizabeth Warren says that her great grandfather's is was a Native American or a great grandmother. It kind of changes her story sometimes. Oh, how funny how she would change details in her story. <laughs> yes. Well, her grandmother's a woman named Hanny Crawford. Yeah. And Hanny's father is a guy named John Crawford. And then this is the supposedly that this is the Native American side of her family. And so he either he was or his wife was, you know, it's kind of like it's old family history. Who knows? Uh however First of all, there's actual rumors and backed up by some evidence that I wasn't able to completely verify. Although from first check, even though it's from some right wing sources, it does look legit. Hmm. Uh, he might have been participated in the Trail of Tears <laughs> uh, as one of the people doing it, oh, not no. one of the people walking it. Oh, so, boy. yeah, let me be clear. He he was it appears to be he was in the East Tennessee Mounted Infantry. And that uh, that he might have helped do it. That is unverified. I want to be clear about this. Something, however, is verified. So this is from the Muskogee Times Democrat, a newspaper, the edition of August 13th, 1906. And then the next clip I'm going to read is from August 17th. Uh, this is about John Crawford. And again, I'm going to, this is, I'm reading their words, so don't get mad at me about anything. Crazed with drink, Indian crazed with drink attacks boy and is shot by lad's father. An Indian named Louis Yaholer was seriously, if not fatally, wounded near this near this uh, place this evening by John H. Crawford. It appears that the Indian had been in town and was returning home on horseback when about a mile from town he overtook some boys on horseback and drawing his lariat rope struck one of them several times with his rope. This is written like shit. People are stupid back then. On one of the other boys had a wild horse, which it was difficult for the lad to control, and the Indian, crazy with drink, an old trope about Native Americans, Jesus. fell upon him, beating him with the rope. The father of the boy, a boy Crawford, seizing his rifle, ran to the rescue of the boy, and upon upon hearing the Indian fire, nearing the Indian fired. The Indian put spurs to his horse and escaped. But the white man was a good shot, and the bullet from his Winchester passed through the body of Yahoo. Sorry, the white man? The white man who shot the actual Native American <laughs> was a good shot. And by the way, if you believe that that's the actual story, that this, this crazy yeah, Native yeah, American yeah, yeah. was just beating up this poor white kid, no. I, got a fucking, I got a fucking wild horse to sell you. This is from the, a few days later, same newspaper. 
Louis Yaholer, a drunken Indian, was on his way home from Wetumpka when he overtook several white boys when he commenced to belabor with his lariat. One of the boys was riding an unruly horse and he could not escape, so was severely beaten by the drunken Indian. John H. Crawford, father of the boy, came upon the scene with a rifle and fired at Yaholer, the ball passing through him, inflicting a wound that may prove fatal. And yes, I do believe that Louis, the, the Native American fella, did die. So, let's zoom out for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The great-granddaughter of the, the, this, this guy who killed, murdered, let's be, let's be real mm-hmm. here, murdered this Native American after other members of his race genocided almost the entire population of Native Americans from this country. Uh, that woman is now claiming to be actually Native American and that, that her ancestor that was Native American wasn't this white man. Well, it's the same guy, but he's actually native. So this is native on native violence, according to Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you like that? So let's run a little fucking timeline of this shit, okay? We start out in 1984. Oh, now we're talking about her. Now we're talking about Lizzie Dubs. So this... Oh, wait, no, we're not talking about Lizzie Dubs. I got more on the grandparents. Oh, you do? Hold up, excuse me, absolutely do. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How did I forget this? So Elizabeth Warren at one point was claiming that her parents eloped. That her parents were had to run away and get married somewhere else in secret because her her mother Oh my god, yes. Her mother was was I believe she said she was uh oh yeah, here we go. My mom and dad were very much in love with each other and they wanted to get married. And my parents said absolutely not. And my, excuse me, my father's parents said, absolutely not. You can't marry her. She's part Cherokee and she's part Delaware. After fighting as long as they could, my parents went off and eloped. So what we're seeing here is Elizabeth Warren. Wait, she's she's claiming that yeah. because of anti-miscegenation yes. attitudes. Yes. Her parents. Mm-hmm. Her parents? Her parents. Could not marry publicly. No, because Amer- because because Elizabeth Warren's parents lived in a white power society. Remember, she's pretty old, and this was full on Jim Crow days. Yeah, yeah. Her parents Patriarchal, were victims of this of this of this white power society because her mother was a woman of color, and thus was persecuted by her father's racist. Parents. Now, I will take Elizabeth at her word that Mine. her father's oh. parents were racist. Okay, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, however, am a little confused about her mother being, a first of all, a woman of color, and second of all, about this whole eloping story. Because there are, there are many cases of people eloping to get married in, in, in interracial marriage. There are many cases of that. This seems a little weird to me, though. Because elope means you run away and get married, right? It means you, if, 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 if I was to elope with, uh, who's the lady I like? Penelope. Penelope Cruz, yeah. If I was to elope with Penelope Cruz because Penelope's parents did not want her marrying a strong Jewish man, <laughs> I would go to like another state or another country. Mm-hmm. How, like, how far away does it get to be eloping? Because I, her parents went 19 miles away from their home to get married. And not only that, this is according to Ellie Brown. Let me quote her. We don't expect an elopement to mean a couple goes to a town about 19 miles away, applies for a license, goes to a a prominent minister of their same faith, 
takes a good friend from high school to be the witness, and then hurries back home to proudly tell all their friends and family about the marriage. We don't expect an elopement to include a big announcement in the fucking newspaper of their hometown <laughs> celebrating the marriage, nor do we expect a wealthy aunt to just happen to be in town during and after the marriage takes place. So, okay, question. Uh-huh. If she was so afraid of anti-miscegenation sentiment, why did she publish the announcement in the paper? See, that's, that gets a little confusing there, doesn't it? So to me... Okay, I bet Uh that there absolutely were racist sentiments. Uh, Absolutely. In fact, yeah, yes. Um, I question, what, I mean, but he's not Native American. That is kind of the part that sticks out to me. So all of the people involved in this this racial incident Mm. are white. This is like the family doll is all. This is yeah, this is the Dolezal family, exactly. I mean Really, they're pre Dolezal. Yeah. This is like when you hear some sixties like garage this is the bands. Like, this is like fucking this sounds like punk. It's like the electric eels or something. Like, what, this is from nineteen sixty six? Yeah, yeah. You're like, wow, this sounds like Dolezal. Oh my god, it's from the fucking you know, a hundred years ago? That's insane. <laughs> uh so, Okay, yeah. let's keep it going. Because so the thing that's funny is that and the, and this is like what sucks, is that all this started to come to light. Because of her 2012 Senate race, correct? Yeah. So all this information hasn't actually been really looked at by anyone on, like, the liberal left. No. I mean, again, this this woman has done a lot of really great work, Ellie Brown. Sure, sure. Google her name and one. I mean, boy, she has dug into it. But in mainstream sources, no, because Ellie Brown was mostly writing on our personal website or in, in Native American-focused news sources, right. which, of course, of course, our friends in the Atlantic and New Republic, they don't really give a shit about No, them. yeah, so you got no blue checks looking at any of this. No. And There's they, a couple Native American ones, but not really any white blue checks. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. I'm talking no, I know exactly lamestream medias yeah. are, are turning a blind eye mm-hmm. because I don't know why. You know why? Because then they might have to ask themselves some tough questions. Because well, here's one of the things. Uh, let, actually, let's 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 do the timeline first. Okay. So let's go up to 1984. Now this is before uh, before like the first. For a long time, people thought her bar application was the first instance of her publicly claiming to be Native American. No, 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 no. In 1984, she contributes some recipes to a cookbook called Pow. Wow, chow. It's a Native American cookbook edited by her cousin, whose name is Candy Rousey, the, the mother of Rhonda Rousey, actually. I'm just kidding, it's not. Do you remember <laughs> who that is? That yeah, was a, yeah. She was a cultural rep, touched sure. on for a while. Yeah, entourage. So it claimed to be recipes from the five civilized tribes, and three of the five recipes that Warren submitted were actually cribbed from real chefs. Her tomato mayonnaise dressing, which Mayo Warren... And cold omelets with canned crab meat were taken from the New York Times, who perhaps they should mention that when they endorse her tomorrow. And a third recipe was taken from Better Homes and Gardens, which was an obscure Marxist tract from the 50s. <laughs> uh, the cousin shares her, that cousin shares Elizabeth Warren's grandparents, meaning that maybe they really did think this was in the family. And, but that also means that her cousin's not really a Native American. 
So, by the way, I should mention here that Native American does not like like Cherokee themselves. They have like a list of people who are in the tribe. They keep up really up to date records. Sure, and then it isn't so simple as like simply like I am black. You know, it's not as it's it's a little bit more subjective because it doesn't. It's a tribe, so it involves it's more than just like a racial thing. It involves also a cultural thing. However, by those criteria, she also absolutely fails. Right. And she is no, and the biological part is missing. So there's none of it. I mean, the cookbook is really egregious. Didn't her husband also? Yes, her husband, Bruce Mann. I actually didn't really look that much into him because I I disliked looking at him. He did contribute recipes to But how would he, I mean. Uh, I think at one point they were also claiming, don't quote me on this, I think they were also claiming that he was native. Um, Bernie's, by the way, is called General Mao's Chow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bernie, Bernie does cold Shanghai noodles. Yes. Uh, so for 1986, and you can find this form very easily if you look, she fills out the form for the Texas bar and lists her race as Native American, or excuse me, American Indian. Flash forward to 1995, she gets hired at uh, Alan Dershowitz's um, workplace, Harvard Law. And so she was really vague about how this came to be that she put her race as Native American here. Uh, eventually, the Boston Globe found out that a, uh, a, a a Harvard University HR form would show that she had listed her ethnicity as Native American. Technically, the first, the earliest form they found came five months after she got her tenured job there. However, I am almost positive that if they would looked a little harder, they could have found some other stuff earlier. I believe it someone seem found. Like- I thought again. I don't have this in front of me, but I feel like I had read this, that they also found records from when she was at Penn. Oh, I didn't know about that, but I would not be surprised. However, when she was... What else did she teach? Yeah, this is it. Uh, she did list it uh, when she was at Penn, but this is the thing that, you know, it says, the Boston Globe said that both Penn Law and Harvard Law hiring committees viewed Warren as a white female, not as Native American during the application process. Single white female. But how does that make any sense if she was named as Harvard Law's first woman of color professor? So it, so, so why would Harvard hire a white woman and then Harvard would say, uh, like, what? when did that article come out? Two years later? Well, okay. That she was the first woman of color law professor. It appears that some point after she started working at Harvard fucking law... She started referring to herself on official documentation as Native American. She gets hired there in 1995. So in 1996, this is the first. This is the first publicly uh, her being called it. Uh, it uh, that was it 96? 96. Harvard Law spokesman Michael Tremura, who was, as you know, in the, in the movie No Country for Old Men, identifies <laughs> Elizabeth Warren as a Native American professor. This is a quote from him. Although the conventional wisdom among students and faculty is that the law faculty includes no minority women, Chimura said, Professor of Law Elizabeth Warren is Native American. So that's from the, the Crimson there, which is which is their that's local the, like, yeah, that's publication. The, that's the farming uh, outfit to Hollywood comedy writers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Harvard Crimson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so maybe she just missed picking up that issue, or maybe so, none wait, of her coworkers so, I'm sorry, asked wait, this let, white woman why she was called a woman of color in the fucking Harvard Crimson, which is for the school that she teaches at. Okay, no. I want to know, 
They hired her as white, and then she decided to refer to herself as Native American. That makes absolutely no sense. It makes zero fucking sense. And, here's and my why n- did she start doing that? Did these old family stories... She'd been referring to herself as a white woman at other colleges. Why did she start referring to herself as a woman of color at this college? Could it be because Harvard Law was getting a lot of criticism for having no women of color teaching there? So here's my other question. Mm-hmm. When did Harvard actually hire its first woman of color law professor? A while later, I think. I don't <laughs> Has have anyone that... asked Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> well, uh, that, there's she a was diff- at Harvard for quite some time. Yeah. Certainly she would have noticed she was, she was on the faculty. Well, we'll see later that she did not cease calling herself the first woman of color there for a while. Anyways, 1997, Chamara, this is a good one. You will, you will love this, Liz. Uh, Harvard and Fordham Law Review... Uh, Chamura calls Elizabeth Warren a woman of color. And this is from a political article. Politico article. A 1997 Fordham Law Review piece describes her as Harvard Law's first uh, school's first woman of color based, according to the notes at the bottom of the story, on a telephone interview with Michael Chamura, news director of Harvard Law. So this is actually from a piece called Intersectionality and Positionality, Situating Women of Color in the Affirmative Action Dialogue. By Laura Padilla. Okay, so. <laughs> you should see Oof. the smile that Liz has on her face right now. You should see this. She's, I, you're, you're glowing. You're glowing, Liz. Okay. I have a couple things. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, remember at the top of the episode mm-hmm. when I said that Elizabeth Warren had had several electoral liabilities. Yeah. Much like Hillary Clinton did. Mm-hmm. That plenty of liberal mm, Richies yep. did not want to hear about. Yeah. In fact, I believe what they, I think the um, like default position was baby stance, hands over their ears, wailing, crying, screaming. Yeah. Et cetera. <laughs> yeah. Do it again. Ew, it's really scary. Mommy Liz. Tommy need drinky. <laughs> Don't fucking. Racy need drinky. <laughs> Remember that nipple I talked about earlier? Praise. The journalist nipple. Not, it's the journalist nipple. <laughs> Jesus Christ, woman. My God, go on. This is. I hate Continue. This. I hate all this. Okay. This is. Okay. So there's lots of things to say. Look, people who support Elizabeth Warren don't give a shit about this because liberals are like, don't actually care about. Check for, it out. For, They're racist. Yeah. Check it out. Newsflash. Liberals are racist. Yeah. Uh, they don't care about this. They don't think it's a big deal. Fine. Because they're uh, bad people. But the other thing. So, so telling them all this stuff isn't going to convince them, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I do like to dunk on it. But I am laughing, I am laughing so hard, thinking that there are people who think that gifting the Republicans uh, New England white professor, who is, by the way, historically unlikable in her own state. She, she is one of the, she is one of she the is most the disliked ninth, member of Congress, right? She is the ninth most unpopular senator. Mm-hmm. Who's one of the most popular senators? The most popular or one of the most? Oh, uh, is he the most popular? The most would be, oh, that would be Bernie Sanders. Okay. Yes. So the ninth most unpopular senator, who is a New England Harvard professor, uh-huh. is named in an article as 
the named in an article called intersectionality and positionality by the way two buzzwords if you haven't heard them before amongst the liberal cognoscenti mm-hmm. uh situating women of color in the affirmative action dialogue you want to gift the republicans this woman and the news story of did she game affirmative action to get a job at an ivy league because here's the thing is that that her whole thing is that she gained no no oh, bonuses because just of just like the DNA test, the uh, Boston Globe crunched the numbers. Bloop 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 bloop. Turns out I wasn't racist. Here's the thing: Warren claims that her heritage did not help her get ahead. Here's the fucking thing, Elizabeth, and all your weird fucking freak defenders. Your heritage did get, help you get ahead because your heritage is white. And because white people, it's easier for them to get ahead than Native American people. So yes, your heritage did help you get ahead because you benefited from your heritage being fucking white, Elizabeth. You really flipped the script there. Look at that. How you like that one? (laughs) Intersect my foot with your ass and position my fucking other foot on the other part of your ass as I do a flying dropkick of you out of the third floor fucking window, lady. Fuck you! You fucking race faker! Imagine this! Your fucking ancestors did the Holocaust times a fucking million on these people who had been living in this fucking country before they came and colonized it. You fucking slaughtered them. You raped their women. You took their land. And now, hundred years later, you're here fucking painting your face fucking red because that's what it's called. That's what they call it. It's yeah. called red face. Yeah. You're fucking painting your face fucking red. And you, d- you didn't get any benefits from it. You didn't get any fucking benefits from it. Fuck you. You know how much you've benefited from the slaughter of Native Americans? Yeah. Um, you would be, n- you'd be a crumb without it. Okay. So, also, that just reminded me, uh-huh. because I'm talking about how this is a, an electoral liability, beyond just the, um, like, really horrific and, like, awful nature mm-hmm. of the entire biography here, is I just was like, oh, man, I can't wait for there to be some, like, fucking barstool sports storyline that that Trump, of course, with his new buddy, Vince Vaughn, by the way, did you see that? Vince Vaughn? Yeah. From True Detective Season 2? Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see them like all tee up this story that's like, Hey, Elizabeth Warren, how come you get to do it, but I can't cheer on my favorite football team? Exactly. Exactly. Like, I guarantee the overlap of people who... who you want to ban Chief Wahoo, but you get to get a... You, you got hired at Harvard Law for painting on his face. Exactly. Like, there is... Think about this. There is no difference between fucking Chief Wahoo, a racist caricature, and Elizabeth Warren, a living racist caricature. (laughs) I mean, it really is like the blind eye that these snobby ass cuck Warren supporters. And I'm really thinking about, you know, it's highly educated, middle class, and higher affluent 
social justice activists. Because remember when they said that liking Can Bernie Can I say that? Social justice? I mean, yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't even... That might be even getting get a little too much credit. Well, there's no... I have to say, the liberal activist industrial complex... Oh, yeah. ...is all over this shit. By the way, they are also our implacable enemy, too. They are. They are not... Don't because get that twisted. Because we need workers' justice. Exactly. Don't get that twisted. Tribunals. With- troikas. <laughs> no, but... Um, well, yeah. You know, it's... It, you know, they're all up in this stuff. And, the, you know, and it's fucking incredible to see these, you know, woke bullshitters. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Sadie Doyle, who fucking named me in her Me Too article, by the way. Uh-huh. She used something that I said as a tee into ha- talking about Me Too and rape. Hey, Sadie, newsflash. Here's a memo to you. Message, my lips, your ears. I invite you to come on my podcast and explain to me to my face what rape is. Oh, yeah. Open fucking I will I will bow out from that. It will be it will I would just love, be girls. I would love for you to explain that to me. And I'll say this and I said this on Twitter. I apologize in advance for being too classy to exploit my own personal trauma for professional gain. Yeah. Yeah. Sadie, I you're right. I am I am so much classier than you, and I apologize for that. These people are fucking pornographers. This is a free episode, huh? Yeah, this is a free episode. Who gives a fuck? The, the thing is, oh, these are, these are we're talking about worms here. Yeah. Fucking worms. Should we finish? Do you, up should this? I just list all the motherfuckers I hate? No, we can do that in the premium episode. Yeah, we might have to lock that one down. Yeah, 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 Mikel. We uh, so. <laughs> We already said him. You got to throw out another one because we already gave. Fuck. I got to. I got to. For the think. little uh, Oh, Anand. That motherfucker. Oh, hair man? Hair man. The tall hair motherfucker. He looks like. Okay. Have you seen that photo of De Niro from the set of <laughs> The Irishman where he's got the big shoes and the big hair? <laughs> that dude's got De Niro's crazy high hair. My man looks like. Here, how about this, dude? How about instead of fucking talking your bullshit for a couple hours, you fucking go work a couple weeks, maybe at a McDonald's. Maybe you do some of the jobs that my friends do. Isn't he ex McKinsey? He's ex McKinsey. And you, here's the thing this is all controlled bullshit because you got McKinsey on one side running for fucking CIA president, and then you got McKinsey on the other side. Oh, I'm against income inequality. Here's the thing, buddy. I'm not just against income inequality, I am against rich people having the right to fucking vote. <laughs> and so if you're not also with me on that, and you work for McKinsey, motherfucker, you're misleading the people. You are a fucking enemy. This is this part. I just just think about this in in conjunction with what Liz said about uh, uh, affirmative action earlier. Harvard in 1999, Harvard publishes its affirmative action plan on its website, listing a single Native American professor, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. They listed her on those forms until 2011. Well, in 2012, what happens? Oh, she runs for Senate. Against a guy who, by the way, posed naked in Cosmo, full centerfold. Didn't know Cosmo. Really? Dick's not in it. Yeah, but he's naked in all the pictures. Yeah. It's really weird. He was like, he a, was like a tea party guy. Well, Because yeah, it was Ted Kennedy's seat, right? He was Ted Kennedy's seat, but he was kind of a rhino. Like, he voted against mm. some Bush stuff. He was like a pretty, he was a kind of, I, I feel he was like. He like a kind of a weird tea party slash. I mean, like, he's Massachusetts, so of course. But uh, that's cute. He, he's uh, yeah. He was. By the way, Ted Kennedy killed a woman. We're yeah. not gonna talk about that. Killed a woman. Uh, I. You know, I actually didn't. I, I had this conversation with someone the other night where I was like, literally every Kennedy 
How many bodies do you think each of them have? I, well, so I have weird thoughts on that. And I'm not saying ladies. Yeah. <laughs> ladies, you're all right with me. But uh, No, I meant bodies. Oh. I'm not talking ladies. Well, there's a lot of intersection there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, well, Kennedys are weird because also the CIA killed them. So the friend of my enemy, my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. But also mm-hmm. Robert Kennedy did lay the groundwork for the events in Chile that uh, that happened after his death. So it's a little kind of complicated there. Yeah. But yeah, Ted Kennedy, absolutely. We know one body, the woman, the body of the woman that he fucking killed or been in that car. Anyways, look that up. I'm sure most of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, he dies in 2000... Chappaquiddish. Chappaquiddish. Dude, do not make me... What? Did I say it wrong? I don't know how to say it in the first place. Isn't I... it Chappaquiddish? Chappaquiddish. Chappaquiddish. You know that's where Hillary Clinton lives. Uh-huh. I do. Just saying. Uh-huh. She she does obscene occult rituals. There. She has a movie coming out. Okay, I'm sorry. We, 2012, Scott, Elizabeth Warren runs against Scott Brown, who is like, uh, let me let me read a quote from Scott Brown on that. Uh, so this is from an ABC News article. Elizabeth Warren said she was a Native American, a person of color, Brown said, gesturing towards Warren. As you can see, she is not. Warren countered, <laughs> saying that her mother was part Delaware. By the way, she dropped saying that eventually. And part Cherokee. She did not drop saying that. And that she never used her designation for professional game. I was going to start by saying Senator Brown's a nice guy, she added, momentarily disquieted by the early onslaught. <laughs> yeah, you're a nice woman too, Brown replied. Uh, she is still saying she is Native American here. She is not denying that. And at this point... Maybe she's like, well, I never looked into it. It's family stories. At this point, when it's being brought up, and this has happened at a debate, if it's being brought up at a debate, you might want to call fucking Meemaw and be like, hey, Meemaw. Uh, are you my Meemaw? Are you fucking Native American? Yeah. Uh, I don't mean that in a mean way towards it. It sounded like I was, are you fucking Native She should ask it like that. Uh, but no, uh, that would be something that perhaps a less racist woman would do. Uh, so anyways... Uh, Chris Child, in my notes here, who I call a fucking dumb bitch from Boston, a dude, so I can say that, allegedly, dug through genealogical records and discovered one of her ancestors might have been Native American. This was later disproven. This would have made her, at her best, at the very best, the best shot she had at being a Native American, she would have been 132nd Native American. Uh, it was disproven, it's not true. Fast forward 2018 at a rally in July, Trump calls her Pocahontas and said that he would donate $1 million to charity if she took a DNA test. Later that year, the Pod Save America fucking perverts get her to do it. And it turns out that she is possibly like 100, I think it's one out of 1,032 Native American, mm. or like maybe the better. Like at the top end of the spectrum, it's somewhere in the one out of 700. So it would have been like 10 greats past, if at all. However, four weeks before they did that test, Mm. they also did a similar test on a dog, on a dog in Canada, and found Native American uh, uh, heritage in the dog's blood. So that gives you a little... uh, a little idea of the efficacy of some of these tests. Yeah. By the way, they're all scams. Also, wasn't making a weird racist thing about the Native American. No, no, thing. just to prove it's a literally scam. that actually happened. Um, so she, 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 she gives, she puts out a fucking press release, puts out a tweet, puts out a video saying, "All right, Donald, pay up." 
But then everyone was like, you're not Native American. This does not count yeah, as Native American. Yeah, she's deleted this video, by the you way. You know who believes in... No, she, no, it's still up. Her tweet's still up. Oh. You know who believes in the one drop rule? Look at this. Pod Save America. Pod Save America and Elizabeth <laughs> fucking Warren. Well, that's my thing. That's the thing is that I want to ask the Pod Save America guys who are the ones who egged her on to do this. By the way, they are the Ur Warren supporters. Ugh, those fucking dickless dummies. Can I, you put one in here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking eunuch brains. Yep. Uh, do you think that you can blood test for tribal citizenship? Well, I don't see. I have a. I, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, think like that they. I'm. I, I just. I'm no, because I'm. I'm wondering. She's not on the Dawes rolls. I'm wondering, like, uh, okay, what? Okay, here's a question, pod, pod people, pod men, pod Johns, pod to pod. Mm-hmm. What percentage of uh, ancestry would have proven that she was Native American? How many drops of blood would have satisfied your racial thirst, well, here, my good brethren? Here's the thing: is the Cherokee were saying, "Well, she's not on our rolls." But that's what I'm she's saying. She's not a member of the tribe. No. But again, invite fucking tribal sovereignty. 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 I always say that wrong. That's okay. Violation of tribal so- tribal sovereignty. And she's like, "Check this out. I will. Oh, I, as a white woman from Massachusetts, will override you." You dumb motherfucker. That would be yeah, not respecting tribal sovereignty. That would not be respecting that. And and it's it's funny the Delaware actually refused to meet with her now. The yeah, Cherokee, good. there's some there's some real tension yeah, there about yeah. their relationship with her uh, within the Cherokee tribe. I won't get into that here. You can look it up. Uh, but no, but I really I want to know the podcast Obama Bros. Yep. The woke podmasters. Mm-hmm. I want to know what they were thinking and also if they could tell me how race and blood work. Yeah, yeah. No, I, please. Right I'm, in, get, you, okay, you I've already invited Sadie us. Doyle to explain rape to me. Let's, well, let's invite her brothers as well. Yeah, pod bros, pod johns. Explain race to us. Please, I want to hear about the um, genetic codification of race. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's I, do I invite it. you, you fucking dumbasses. Like, it's not just that you're liberal, like, cuck brains. It's that you literally are, like, the worst political consultants ever. Of Why the time. fuck you would you think this losing, is a motherfuckers. good... You I, You know, I'm happy because, you know, she's never going to be president. And she's, you know, but you guys are real dumb. Without, yeah. not even just the other shit where you're, like, insanely racist about race and have crazy ideas about yeah. how it functions. In society. These, by the way, these pod save motherfuckers and their fucking ilk. They're fucking, they're blood brothers in the media. Oh, the They Moxums. are the ones who try to tell Amazon warehouse workers. They try to tell fucking Latino youth. They try to tell fucking Starbucks workers. They try to tell all these people who are Bernie Sanders based that actually they're the problematic ones. Right. Here's the thing. We are... Or we have the righteous force of victory and, and historical compulsion on our sides. And you know what they have? They have some fucking blood science, a fucking podcast, and fucking Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. So, okay. We got more. Yeah. 
We got a lot more. We've we got, got a long. Epi. We got long. So we're gonna keep recording. Yeah, because we'll check the yeah, yes. But we're gonna end this episode. But we're gonna keep recording. We're gonna keep recording. We got another episode because we still haven't gotten into enough about Elizabeth Warren. But on top of that, we haven't gotten into enough about the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the Democratic Party. Yeah, the Democrats. Ooh. Um, Democrats. It's demon rats. Demon rats. Look at this, women. I'm thinking about other things. Yeah, true. Okay, so Brace and I were talking. And we were talking about how we were going to do all this and what the fuck we were going to talk about. Turns out we just kind of started talking. So we went off the rails a little bit. But we think you guys like that. Uh, Also, we think that a lot of the history of what happened during 2016 and what Bernie Sanders and his supporters faced has been basically completely erased from memory. Yeah. And my concern is that in this sort of anti-militant, lackadaisical attitude that a lot of squishy left liberals have Mm -hmm. that they don't understand. They go, oh, well, I kind of support Sanders. I kind of support Warren. We'll see what happens. Perhaps they're unity. They'll just pool delegates because you're some fucking West Wing-brained idiot, by the way. It's not happening. It's not fucking happening. There's no chance that that will happen. Yeah, there's no chance that will happen, but also you don't want a broker convention. Also, Sanders can only win on the first round. Yeah. He yeah. cannot, he has to go into the convention with a majority of pledged delegates or he will not be the nominee. And even if, as we will show in the next episode, he goes into the convention with a majority of pledged delegates, he might not be the nominee. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we need to kind of break down and, you know, you people need to put on your fucking armor and your and your military suits and your guns and get your cell phones ready, which is some, another thing I'll talk about, mm-hmm. because I don't think you guys have any fucking clue what's about to happen. Yeah. And so we need to go through how fucked, how rat fucked Bernie Sanders got last time. Yeah. Because he actually should have been the nominee, by the way. Absolutely. Like, it, they... they, they it, it is literally, he, the, it yes. is actually in real life. We're not like your crazy fucking H.A. Goodman motherfuckers. Yeah. It's, this is reality. They robbed him. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm going to use, I, I told Brace that I had put some, a bunch of stuff together. I, on purpose, am using only sources like the New York Times, USA Today, NBC, ABC, uh-huh. because I'm not going to use weird lefty media as much as I love those guys because I want to get this through your fucking brains that this is actually what literally happened and it happened right in front of your fucking faces. Okay? So, get off this fucking seesaw seesaw horse. Stop supporting Elizabeth Warren. She's she's not good. We'll keep it going and we'll keep talking about her and the the ways in which she is just uh, basically putting, she's, she's fucking putting on red face Two ways, Indian and socialist. And, um, you know, buck up. We'll see you next episode.
So, end of part one. <laughs> All right. So, we've got more come in, and we will see you next time. I am Liz, not Warren. I am Brace Man. We are joined by producer Big Structural Young Chomsky. And uh, thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.